Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show. Pirates of the Caribbean podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films. And yes, the expanding universe, we dabble in history, stress the euphemisms of course, and strive to have us a hell of a good swashbuckler time each and every week. And I'm Scott Artist from scottartist.com and uh, urbanbird.org, seaturtles.org, shoutreachmedia.com. What else? Anything else? I have no clue. I don't know why you'd want so many .coms. <laughs> That's a good question. Some of them are .orgs because I try to do good. Make up for the bad. And lowly you, you're from? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlShow.com. You almost forgot where you were. You have one thing to remember and you almost forgot. That's ridiculous. Thanks for joining us for a break from normal minute breakdown of Dead Man's Chest for some franchise spanning action. Love. Lovey-doveyness. Yeah, it's a weird it's a pirate show. It's all about love, though. The pirate show? And there's this uh, claim out there, kind of in that antiquated thing known as the, you know, World Wide Web, that Pirates of the Caribbean is one of the greatest love stories of the 21st century, which is a bold claim, I must say. You think? Yeah, you got 18 years, or depending on how you count that, 19 or 17, I don't know. But we're going to break it down. Give it a bit of discussion, I think, today. What do you think? Sounds like a plan. Are we going to give love a go? Are we going to try out this thing called love? Not us. I mean, oh, for the show. Oh, okay. Hell no Oh on my that. God. I was worried there. Yeah, you should have been. That would be uncharted territory for sure. Because I wanted to throw in a nautical thing. Then we return next Wednesday with Dead Man's Chest Minutes 100 to 101. We're going to cover two minutes. Yeah. Two minutes. Because that will actually extend us through the rest of the year. Keep the same trajectory. Throw in other... Pirates of the Caribbean and Pirate Topics. Then before we know it, it'll be that magical year of 2019. Which means the start of a season three. Yeah, season three will be here before we know it. But 2019? We're in the future. We are now. From our days. Yes. Ah, I never thought 2020 would get here. (laughs) Now, we're right on the cusp of it. I'm also going to try something out new. Since we have kind of a new thing going on anyways with the format. Something at the end. So why not change up that ending a bit? Give it a little excitement as we wrap up. Get rid of the overly long outro listing of all the freaking social media spots that I was doing. Because I want to make it easy as well. Give everyone a little Captain Blood action and come back to sound off. I think that's what I'm going to do. It's going to, like, as we start to roll towards the end, I'm going to let some music play, get everybody jazzed. Then I'll come back. And then I'll let the outro go. I'm going to try it out and see what happens. Okay. Sounds like a plan. That way people, though, I have to warn everybody so they just don't drop off like, oh, here's the music cue. 
But there'll be stuff afterwards. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Shiny okay. new stuff. So hang on. Yeah. Plus it involves that catchy pirate rock band, Black Bones, with Captain Blood. Like I said, Captain Blood. I really like that tune for some reason. And no, this is the only time I'm going to announce the way we're ending a freaking show. But it's just a simple heads up. Everybody will know next time. And then I also realized that there I go again, too, over explaining like Heather would do. Getting everybody on the technicalities. More importantly, though, the second annual freaking Listener's Appreciation Contest will be officially released next Wednesday. Firstly, in our Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group. And then on Thursday, I'm going to push it out to our main Facebook page. And it's also going to be on next week's show, Wednesday. And we're finalizing a few of the prizes that may include, mind you, we need to double check the possibility of doing it. But maybe, I mean, just maybe, slight chance, pirate weapon. Oh, yeah. There could be a pirate weapon in the prize. Really? Yeah. Wow. Possibly. That sounds like an awesome prize. Yeah. We'll see. So if we put a pirate weapon, yeah. hmm, then that thing you I have hung to be on 18 my years wall or already. No, it's all part of the package. And yes, probably not shipping to kids, I guess. Yeah, it's probably, yeah. We don't want parents yelling at us. That's true. You gave my little scallywag, and now he's... uh. Running the neighborhood amok. <laughs> but it all depends if we can make it happen. So there you go. Prize package is coming. So keep an eye on our Facebook page and group. And of course, listen to the damn show. Is it that difficult? Come on. Just listen. Now, I'm not going to hit this tell us what you think shtick too often. But since we did change up the format a bit to ensure my head doesn't explode. No exploding heads. I'm open to feedback from the audience. Open to it right now, I guess. So as always, feel free to let us know what you think. We always like the listener feedback, good and bad. Mostly the good. Uh, but send us the bad if you got it. Arr. Heather doesn't want to see it, though. Like usual, she doesn't want to see that. That will make her head explode. But all the usual channels from us, podcast at blackpearlshow.com. You can give us a shout on the pirate hotline, 8637-PIRATE. Head us up on social media. I'm there sometimes. I hope to be there more often. <laughs> Seriously, give the pirate hotline a shout. And leave a message for the world to potentially hear. Yeah, there you go. That's all I'm going to say. That's the announcements for today. But I got a question for you. Sounds like it's Pirate Word of the Week time. So, well, let me count this down. Ahoy there, scallywags. Pirate Word of the Week in five, four, three, two, yar. What do you have for us this week there, Heather? Better be on the love topic. If not, oh, you're a dead person. Love. It's a beautiful thing. Crack Jenny's teacup. Crack Jenny's teacup. Is that Jenny with a G? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's a term for spending the night with a prostitute. No, seriously. <laughs> or an 18th century nautical slang for spending the night in a brothel. Isn't that the same thing? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe you're just spending the night there. You went in, you were almost there, and you're like, I just can't do this. I'm just going to hang out and spend the night here. Or you could go the cleaner version. To spend the night... A cleaner version? How dare you? This is a pirate show, God. <laughs> to Satan. spend the night in a house of ill repute. <laughs> so it wasn't that. <laughs> I do like the term house of ill repute. <laughs> Sounds so highfalutin. Yes. Crack Jenny's teacup. Crack Jenny's teacup. Well, Jenny... You know what? I think there's... Yeah. Okay. There's there's some symbolism there. I even found... This is a very popular term, by the is way. Is it? Yes, but there's been poems and songs really? and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I wonder how many times that's come and up and I just, and... just went right over my head. And all yeah. this time I was, as a kid, my mom sitting there 
reading me poetry about crack Ginny's teacup. And I was just like, oh, that sounds so pleasant. Yes. <laughs> oh, I remember those days. That was weird that my mom gave me that shirt when I was a toddler that said Good. that on there. And then people would always look at me weird and I was like, what is going on? It's just a nice, cute shirt. I was wondering where that shirt came from. Well, yeah, I wear it, even though it was when I was a toddler. <laughs> so it's really, really tight. <laughs> I was a big kid, but I'm a lot bigger now. And that tiny shirt still doesn't really fit. But I'm wondering where, do you have any information of where this phrase came from? Or did you come empty-handed? I'm empty-handed. Why is that? I don't even understand. This is like your only thing you got to do. You show up. You bring pirate word of the week. You go to sleep till next week. I tried to find that kind of information, but all I found was like songs and poems. Did you look on the internets? That's where I found songs I like and to poems. Say the internets. Hey, I got a question for you. Okay, nice transition. What? What's a pirate's favorite letter of the alphabet? What are we doing? Jokes? What's a pirate's favorite letter of the alphabet? One second while I think this through. Da-dar, da-dar. Just, just wait. I, I think I got it. I got it. I got an answer. What? I came up with an answer. What? But I got to do it in my pirate voice. Ready? <laughs> I think I'm ready. I okay. think I got it. Okay. Ah, you think it'd be R, but the pirate's first love will always be the C. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I know that? You were looking in the mirror. I at wasn't. My tablet. I wasn't looking. Somebody actually told this joke to the uh, when I first joined. The conservation group was sea turtles. Seriously? Yeah, Harry, the Australian guy. That's weird. The mate, the Aussie mate. Did you the tell intern. him you do this podcast or something? No, he just was like, because he likes uh, jokes like that. That's weird. And so he broke out his pirate thing. Wow. And then I just remembered it. So that's why it well, took me a second rude. to come back to me. But see, you didn't even get to do it. You'd exactly. think it'd be R, but the pirate's first love will always be the C. There, got it, nailed it. Just chalk that up for Scott. One more point. That's rude. Came across this piece on IGN by Nathan Lawrence, actually, that asked the question, or maybe asked and backed up the premise that Pirates of the Caribbean is one of the greatest freaking love stories of the 21st century. Freaking, huh? I said freaking. Firstly, okay, IGN is all things entertainment. You know them if you uh, spent an unnatural amount of time watching their live streams at San Diego Comic-Con. Yes. My geek colors are flying high. Can't hide it. An unusual, an unnatural, like an unnatural fog, but it's an unnatural amount of time. Going through their eight hours of stuff each day, you know, that they streamed. My question for you, though, how long did you sit and watch a YouTube guy travel through the... Are you out of breath over there? I'm just wondering. No, Okay. A YouTube guy traveled through the venue... I did. How long? Did I don't you know. Watch him. <laughs> it was hours. Hey. Okay. First of all, I can't hide, and I'm not going to try to hide that I'm in the geekdom because I do have a Star Wars room. I have a Pirates podcast. They're indicators of geekdom. Good indicators. But yeah, Yellow Productions. That guy. Is that what he was? That's what his uh, YouTube channel is. Yellow Productions, and he took us on a tour. And when I say tour. Took us on a tour <laughs> down every, every single aisle. damn booth at Comic-Con. <laughs> it's like I was there. I didn't have to fight the crowds. I didn't have to get in line, spend any money. I was able to watch it. It's getting some stuff done around the house. And when I say that, I mean, you know, laying on the ground watching Comic-Con. 
literally not watching panels. I'm just watching the action. Just like I'm wandering with him. But how dare you bring that up? But that's off topic. Seriously. We're here to discuss love. Love stories. And maybe I should preface this with this byline for the piece. Because maybe this pokes a hole in that Pirates of the Caribbean love balloon. You know, Nathan here that I was just talking about his article. Claiming that uh, it's the greatest love story of the 21st century. Because his byline says, well, it pitches another article he must have wrote. Because it says, read why he believes Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull isn't as bad as you think. Damn it, Nathan. I'll send you to the deep. I was on your side until you ruined your credibility by breaking out Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Is that the one with the bugs? Ah, the bugs. I hate the bugs. That's the... Don't even get me started. Hey, Indiana Jones fan here. Just raise my hand. But... The bugs. The termite scene. The ants or termites, I think it was. Come on. That was really unrealistic. Oh, yeah. Damn it. Ruin that crystal skull for me. Anyway, the show must go on here for pirates, though. And I think love triangles are on deck. Because Nathan starts off... Nathan. Changing his name. Because I didn't like his attitude about the crystal skull. But he starts off... Like, pointing things out that the Pirates of the Caribbean films have this trend. A running theme of, like, three-dimensional love stories that sail beyond the typical fare of a solitary obsession with romance. Because it's like, after all, this is... Okay, love is complex. It's a thing. It's a complex thing. Almost did my William Shatner there. I've got to, Scotty. But it's not always healthy. It ends... Sometimes the Indians aren't happy, right? Because we fall in love. Some of us off Fort Charles platonically love people and tumble head over heels for ideologies and even things dare i say fort charles again tumbling over heels pirates of the caribbean explores all of that stuff so i thought that it might make for an interesting topic of conversation yes that uh stuff that nathan was just saying that i was reading and saying for him yeah is the franchise the greatest love story of the 21st century that's the question do i even want to admit that this is a possibility is it a pirate rom-com? That's what I want to know. Maybe that's better. Ryan Reynolds is Captain Jack Sparrow. Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Seriously, that's the question. Is Pirates of the Caribbean the greatest love story of the 21st century? Is it? And I'm not sure I'm the one to answer that because I don't really watch love stories. Oh, you watch them. Do I recognize that they're love stories? Uh, I'm, why wouldn't you? I don't know, but it just when I think of love stories, though, often I think of like, romances dramas things like that i'm not a big in drama kind of thing no they're not all dra- we don't even Unless watch the drama ones really okay so love stories watch, then. is it the greatest we love watch story? the comedy ones okay i just i said rom-coms romantic I didn't comedies know what that was, are you actually chatting me Arr! really yeah that's a weird really you've never heard I don't that like it. Yeah, you don't no, like don't it or like you've it. never heard it i've never heard it and i don't like it really yeah as like a self-professed Ryan Reynolds lover of films that he's in. I don't like You that don't term. never heard the... Ro- no. Okay. I don't like the term. It's like a Brangelina kind of hybrid. I've never so, heard the term and I don't like it. Okay. Well, I romantic might drop it again. comedy, thank you very rom-com. much. Rom-com. No, romantic... Hey, I got stuff to do. Rom-com I need to abbreviate. Rom-com is like... It's, it's like... Romper room. I don't know. It's weird. Okay. But answer the question with, without us even discussing it first. Is your guess that it is is it your opinion that it is or is there a better love movie franchise out there than pirates of the caribbean there's there's a lot of love in the pirates of the caribbean 
But to say it's the greatest love story. Greatest love story, I wouldn't go that far. Then do you have one that you could think of off the top of your head, knowing that we were going to be doing this show? And so you maybe had time to prepare in between your pirate word of the week where you didn't even bring us the etymology of the phrase. You know, remember that? Squeezed it in to your uh, busy research schedule. Okay, anyways. Wait. We don't need... You're going you're gonna to come up with the answer because I'm going to move on if, you're, if you don't have anything. I have one. It's the... Um, of the 21st century. So we're talking 2000s. 2000 and what? 2001, A is a movie. No. Stanley Kubrick. No, the space. movie where she's... They're singing. They're drunk and they're in the bar singing. And she sings it wrong. Um, electric boobs. 21 dresses. Electric 20, boobs. 21 weddings. 21 bridesmaids. Is that what that is? 21 dresses, right? I have no idea. God, if that's right, then I really need to turn in my card of See? just manhood or something. But we don't really need to follow the author of the piece, so while Heather looks up that movie. But he does kick off with a, or maybe kind of christens it as Bermuda Love Triangles is what he calls it. Which is, I'm going to give him a shout out for the creativity on that. Bermuda Love Triangles. Is it 21 dresses? Yes. Knew it. Nailed 27 it. dresses. 27 dresses. You Damn it. You missed the number. I missed the number. 27 dresses does sound better. 21 dresses didn't really flow right. No. But anyways, I'm not so sure Curse of the Black Pearl is the great love story. I mean, it's good. It's my favorite of the films. But as a love story, it's not all that impressive. Distinct, okay, maybe. I'm not sure that the word I'm looking for is right there. But it wasn't unique. Let's just say that. Because it's been done before many times. Because if you look at it from any point in film history... All those predecessors where there's a woman who wants to be a pirate. You know, all those movies. (laughs) A blacksmith apprentice longing to impress the governor's daughter with his sword. Sword making. Hmm. Then the powerful Commodore in charge. The antagonist. Second tier antagonist. Not that there's anything wrong with Norrington. Not that he's subpar. But it's just that Barbosa was the prime baddie in that one. Okay? Yeah. But the classic love triangle thing happens in this movie. The beautiful young adventurous woman loves the lowly boy, while the guy who seems to have it all and the interceptor can't manage to steal the heart of the woman for the life of him, the one he loves. She's and just she not loves, attracted to him. I know, but she, you know, okay, so that's the thing. The guy without the silver spoon is the one who wins the day. That's a movie trope. Yes. For sure. Exactly. I didn't know I hit the soundboard for the, yes. That's true, though. But it's very Princess Bride-like. Oh, boy. I think she calls him boy. Farm boy. Boy. Calls him boy, I think. Not oh, lover boy. Because that's dirty dancing. Those are two separate movies (laughs) and two separate plots. Oh, lover boy. But That's the same type of thing, though. She's got the money and he doesn't. That's true. She falls in love with him. Boom. Look at it. I just create love stories out of thin air by talking about it. That's how masterful Cinderella story. It's basically Cinderella story. There you go. She doesn't have money That's and true. he's rich. There you go. Same thing. Same thing. Well, in this case, she doesn't want the rich guy. Be, but they both well, are Well, it wouldn't be. It'd be the same thing if she was a piratist, but she's not. Yes. But nothing's different about it from those other movies. That's the point. Because weirdly enough, some... Well, it has like some Jane Austen elements too. Because those novels become movies and perhaps happen to star Kira Knightley in one of them. Pride and Prejudice, anyone? <laughs> But that's why I think the development of the love triangle aspect gets a leg up on the traditional notes in Dead Man's Chest. 
Because it adds that notion of a marriage or relationship on rocky ground between Elizabeth and Will. Marriage. No more Princess Princess Bride. Bride. (laughs) But Terry, Rossi, and Ted Elliott damn near hit us over the head with the Trouble in Paradise theme. Right from the get-go. Rain on your wedding day. Right. Shackles. That freaking wedding crasher Lord Cutler Beckett. Man, him. But Elizabeth develops a bit of a thing for Jack, too. That's Jack Sparrow. Which may or may not actually be a deep desire for the thing he loves most, okay? So Will sees Elizabeth kiss Jack, and instead of that becoming a big plot point in a standard rom-com kind of way. No! Will reconcentrates his efforts on another kind of non-romantic love. But as for poor Norrington, after he's lost and regains his place in society, his one-sided love for Elizabeth ultimately leads to like this incurable broken heart. Which happens to be at the pointy end of a sword wielded by Will's father, Bootstrap Bill. But that's here nor there to be a, kind of a, the point of this. Because the, the whole thing's about this complexity, this like chaos that's needed to elevate the traditional love story from Curse of the Black Pearl into Dead Man's Chest. Yeah. Has to have all this stuff. This like twist on the standard formula. But maybe it's not so unique. I mean, I'm trying to think of a parallel at the moment. But there's this misdirection that the writers and the, well, this possible crush. We'll call it a crush. It, Elizabeth with yeah. Jack? Elizabeth uh, Jack thing. Yeah, crush. Uh, um, yeah, more of a crush like you're a little girl who likes a movie star type of thing. Maybe that's a good way to put it, but I have another idea. Okay, you got Okay. Of course I do. Of I course. have another idea. And yours is probably better than mine. <laughs> Not that I need to tug at my collar for being awesome, but that is true. Yeah, I'm kind of out there. But the idea, before I get to that, is this other thought, is that this attraction to Jack is kind of out of the blue for Elizabeth. It's not something we were expecting for this movie. Right. You get a little in um, Curse of the Black Pearl, when she's kind of flirting with him when they're on the island alone. Yeah, but... That wasn't, that was completely different. He was, it was one-sided again, and he was eating it up. She was just using him. She was using her womanly wiles to get what she wanted. This is different here, though. And we're going to probably talk about this in our minute breakdown. She was teasing him, basically. Yeah. And he's still feeling the teasing in this movie. I don't know if he's feeling the teasing. I think he's felt a shift in things. But, okay, yeah, there was some teasing and flirtatiousness going on. But that was at a different level than before this last time. That's what I think. But when we get to like the points in Dead Man's Chest and At World's End with all this happening, we'll break it down. But is her infatuation, and maybe it's almost like wandering thoughts for Jack, more about him as the person or the lifestyle, the pirate, this kind of free as a sparrow thing? That's what I'm wondering. It's... The lifestyle. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. It's not much about Jack. It's about Uh the adventure. He was her first real pirate. He was the one who tore her corset off. Right. Rescued her from drowning. Sparked a crazy pirate adventure. I mean, well, technically she did. But for argument's sake here, Jack was the pirate with her at those like vulnerable moments. Again, like Rum Runner's Isle. Yeah. Or kind of a hero. Her hero. I don't know if it's a hero though. He rescued her. I'm just saying it's, it's more like... He represents the lifestyle that she dreamt about as a little girl and more. Because he was the one who made this dream of hers like a possible reality. Right. 
Because you can sail and be free and have love for a ship and what it represents. That's what she's looking for. Because maybe that's why she has a thing for him. He's the memory of that adventure she always wanted. He shared it with her and then he was the one who didn't go back to Port Royal or a wedding. But he is the one who dove off Fort Charles, grabbed the rigging of the Pearl, and then sailed into the freaking horizon. Not into it, but towards it. (laughs) That'd be the world is flat thing. (laughs) But I think that's the thing. He represents the freedom and that adventure, that pirate lifestyle that she dreamt about so long and was so, like, hooked on. She was actually, like, a fangirl of pirates, like, since we mentioned Comic-Con, right? Yes. So that's it. I think that's why he has, like, a special thing in her eye. Twinkle in her eye. So that's all I'm saying. So there's like this traditional thing that starts off with Curse of the Black Pearl and then it like evolves into something a bit more chaotic in Dead Man's Chest with some twist in it and more so twist with the character for Elizabeth because she's now like viewing Jack as a love interest or at least a misdirection from the writers as opposed to that Will character. But while all that happens, Elizabeth is essentially like hitching her wagon to Will. And then Jack finds his love of freedom Norrington, in the franchise we're kind of talking about, kind of meets his tragic destiny. Never gets the girl, but he does get to uh, sleep with the fishes, so to speak. (laughs) So he does win something. But wouldn't it be crazy if Norrington came back for the sixth pirate film? Oh, yeah. That teaser at the end of Dead Men Tell No Tales? What if he's the new Davy Jones? Mm. I mean, that's way out there, and I don't think it's actually going to happen. But I like the character, so I'm just thinking out loud. That'd be pretty cool. Because he's still, he's got like a tragic thing going. Yep. But anyways, the tragedy of love that begins in Dead Man's Chest compared to Curse of the Black Pearl, that's like really the difference. Yeah. But it's a tragic love story which adds to the complexity and the themes between all of our characters here. It's like sad love. That's what I'm going to call it. Sad, sad, fishy (laughs) love. Well, before fish, it's all about like breakups too and endings. And an interesting like turn for our main character the a-list star is the one getting all of the love interest that's not right and you're supposed to say no no i tested you because johnny depp the a-list star jack sparrow i mean he's not getting any of that it it like flips the status quo a bit as others find love and then lose it but jack's main attraction is always the love of the sea kind of thing not really getting the girl right that's like his comedic thing it's not really tragic love like other characters, well, his is a comedic love. But does he... He doesn't really want the girl forever. He That's just true. wants her for... A little bit. A little playtime, and then he's done. He wants to crack Ginny's teapot. Exactly. Teacup. So, to him, Elizabeth is just a challenge. That's true. But I think her. it's more than a challenge, too. He has a little flame for her. Yeah, but it's not... A long-lasting flame. It's more than it is for Scarlet or Giselle. Yeah, but it's because she is more of a challenge than they are. She is harder to get because of what they are. Well, put it this way. Okay. She's she's harder to get, so she's more of a challenge. So she ha- he has more interest, right? Maybe. That I don't know. I don't know if it's the challenge or if he just has a genuine thing for her. Eh. It's possible. Well, it would come out as a genuine thing because it is something he can't get his hands on. So he's going to want to get, you know, more so. I know where you're going that this, it's like 
forbidden love yeah. and that's what it is. But I'm not so sure that it is completely. That's just me. Okay. I think that he's just got a little fondness for her. Okay. And he can't stop thinking about her. I think that's what's weighing on him. It, it, maybe it has a bit of forbidden fruit thing to it, but I don't know. I'm not sold that that's really the driving factor for him. That's just... You think there's actual real love there? A tingling of it. A tinge. I don't know. It's just all with his character the way that he never really gets the girl. Yeah. For a long term. Right. For instance, I mean, we can try and look at On Stranger Tides. It's been a while since we've actually watched it. I think we probably watched it at the start of season two. Jack's romance with Angelica kind of ends shortly after their mutual dropping of the love word. Which sees Jack emotionally and physically marooning her, okay? She tries to kill him with the pistol he leaves. Because, you know, it's a courtesy pistol. The one shot as an alternative to dying from starvation or something like that. But see, he cared for her. Darling, shoot yourself. I mean, it's like a nice romantic thing. Well, romance gone bad and continues to turn to Jack not getting the girl. Or the treasure. So in a way, he's kind of a tragic figure for that. Yeah. In a a comedic sense. Davy Jones is playing out his love story now in our minute breakdowns. He has this uh, tragic love for Goddess of the Sea, you know, Calypso. Uh Uh-huh. But like Jack and Angelica, Calypso gives Jones a maelstrom downfall. Hell hath no fury like a goddess scorned. (laughs) That's definitely the thing of movie tropes for sure. (laughs) The other fish love kind of thing going on here. Fishy kind of love. We go back to Stranger Tides. Definitely more fish love there. Because Nathan says, and remember that's Nathan from the article. Says that there's also the age-old missionary loves mermaid tale. Yes. Ah, age-old sailors seeing manatees or other creatures. <laughs> thinking of them as mermaids? Eh? Get some spectacles, guys. I mean, or visit Tortuga. Crack the Ginny's tea cup or whatever you need to do. You know, do something there. Because you're definitely all backed up. Yeah. And it also reminds me of that song by the world-famous Poxy Boggards. Nelly the Mermaid. Ah, fish love. <laughs> so obviously guys dream of sleeping with the fishes literally not in a mob kind of way except well maybe norrington and davy jones but it's weird a lot of That's uh not good fish love action yeah in people's dreams there anyways philip swift a mortally wounded missionary is given the kiss of life by mermaid serena before she drags him underwater <gasps> why would she give him life if she dragged him underwater it's a good question because in fairness legend tells us mermaid's kiss could magically make us air breathers, us land lovers, breathe underwater. Oh, right. Okay. You remember yeah, that? Yeah. Splash, that kind of stuff. But on Stranger Tides, doesn't make this clear. So Philip is more likely sleeping with the fishes Norrington style rather than sleeping with the one fish lady he really wants. And then when we go to on Stranger Tides again, one thing I want to discuss is the potential or lack of potential for Philip Swift to be our next Will Turner character. I just want to like put that out there. Okay. So when we get down into season four. Uh, a couple years from now, we can try and remember. Ah, oh, what did I say I wanted to talk about? Yeah, did that uh, did that chap Philip Swift kind of get written out and not get popular or whatever happened with that? Because he they kind of tried to set him up as like the new Will Turner type. Yeah, but that. if they brought him under the water to swim with the fishes, there you go. Didn't really come back. Oh, but uh, oh, you're saying just because you go underwater, you don't come back to other episodes? How dare you? Check out Will Turner. <laughs> Boom, you just got served. But I got the sense he was being really like set up to be that new future franchise guy. It kind just of didn't like stick. Brenton Thwaites, you know? Yeah. The uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales guy. Yeah. The Turner boy, grown up. So my question is will these new characters stick? 
Or is it back to the tried and true originals? That's the future question we'll have to ask. Yeah. Seems to be maybe a history going on here. Trump trying to bring in a next generation and then they go, I don't know if it really works. It's not going to work. Not that I don't endorse it. I'm just saying, is it not working or not? That, right. That's the question. Yeah. And since we're talking tragic love and a fish's action, the mother of all these is the main love story, of course. The main arc, Will and Elizabeth. Because it's tragic. It's a tragic ending in the original trilogy. Pirates of the Caribbean, not Star Wars. Sure, Liz and Will tie the knot in the middle of like this epic sword fight. Oh, yeah. Now that's a wedding. That it is. Yeah. It's a Very exciting wedding. Yeah. What the hell's going on with the way we do weddings? We need to do more sword fight weddings. <laughs> That's almost like the gun to your the shotgun, shotgun wedding. wedding. <laughs> oh, I know that all too well. Shotgun <laughs> wedding. But Elizabeth, I remember that episode. That was awesome. Uh, back in season one when we had the shotgun wedding episode. But Elizabeth gets all lawyered by the vows, though, in sickness and in health. Because Will is killed, and then Jack chooses to save him by... Giving him the ultimate wedding gift, you know, to the happy couple. Carving out his heart. Here's a curse. A lifetime of fairy and souls. And as Nathan said, he said it best. The reality of a booty call only once every decade. Ah, the most tragic thing of all. The decade booty call. But this coming from a guy, a blacksmith. Mind you, a blacksmith who used to bang his ingot all the time. Now, once every 10 years, as he sails the Flying Dutchman underwater, happy marriage. And Elizabeth, lawyered by the vows, is stuck to, till death do us part. With a husband that will never die. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. (laughs) She got the ass end of that stick. Franchise is also big on family love, since we're talking about Will and young Turner boy there, Elizabeth. Not just like scorned or doomed relationship. You could call them fish love fries or something. I don't know. But I think I might have a list going on here. My top family dynamics in the franchise. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you ready for a list? Yes. Like in order of my favorite family loves that is going on here. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds a little weird. (laughs) Maybe I need to rethink that title, though. (laughs) Maybe more like uh, sad family love. (laughs) I don't know if that helps. Because here we go. And again, let me thank Nathan for the list fodder here. Number six, I'll go in reverse order. I'll build it up to my number one. That's how the professionals do it. We like to try and pretend we're mediocre professionals. So let me go. Number six, as I said, in Dead Men Tell No Tales, when Will's son, Henry Turner, is willing to risk his life to hunt down Poseidon's trident to break Will's lifetime of high seas servitude. You know, the whole curse, right? Yes. But that's quite a loving act for a son who only gets to play catch with his dad once a decade. (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. That's number six. It's my, uh, in the ranking. You know, the deadbeat fairing soul's father. (laughs) Number five on Stranger Tides takes an inverted approach to this father-daughter relationship between Blackbeard and Angelica. Where Swan Court's ruined to protect his daughter, Blackbeard has no qualms using Angelica as like this disposable stepping stone to immortality. (laughs) Ah, dad, thanks for... Thanks for using me as a stepping stone. Yeah, he didn't care. <laughs> Loving someone in the Pirates universe really does seem to carry some masked high disclaimers. Ah, oh, you're my daughter, but... Uh, yeah, that doesn't really mean anything to me. Number four. We're on number four here. Just so I could remember where I was. Will's arc shifts from doe-eyed Puritan to morally malleable 
Son hell bent on keeping his oath to save Daddy Bootstrap from an after lifetime of servitude aboard the Flying Dutchman. In turn, Bootstrap wants to spare his son the risk of meeting the same fate by steering Will away from saving him. And that's the kind of family love story that sails beyond the typical teenage demographic. You know, I had a number four because it's some interesting stuff going yeah. on there. Will really does step up. He does. For bootstrap a dad that hasn't to, been there. Yeah, Bootstrap tries to do the same. Well, that's because Bootstrap really can't go back into society with <laughs> with a starfish on his face Sir, and you barnacles. Got something, uh, it's like you're trying to, yeah, trying to it, gently show him that you have food on your face and you're like, dude, you got a starfish on your eye. It's a little difficult to be going back into society looking like that. You can't have a barnacle living on your face that comes out and waves at you. No, That's just wrong. It's not good. Yeah. And not only that, if he's out of water then too long, those things will die. They start smelling. Mm, Pretty soon this guy's that be good. fishy smelling. Mm. Yeah. Number three on my list, Pentel and Rigetti, brothers from respective mothers. Together through thick and thin, frilly frocking subterfuge and mispronunciations of Kraken, Kraken. These pirate bros are inseparable, happy to betray anyone outside of their dynamic duo. The dynamic duo. <laughs> Comic-Con reference there. Oh, I thought DC you were talking Comic- about the, the No, how dare Saturday you? Night no, Live that's old and that's politically incorrect. Ace and Gary, you know it if I just say Ace and Gary. <laughs> Despite their bickering, and that's a whole nother dynamic. How dare you throw that to Pentel and Rigetti? <laughs> I didn't. You know what I said. They're not, air quote, buddies. Dynamic duo. They're not buddies. I didn't say ambiguously. You said dynamic duo, though. The dynamic duo? You don't know them? That's Batman and Robin. Are you kidding me? You've never <laughs> heard dynamic come, duo. Yeah, but that's not what comes to mind when. Well, you get say your that. mind out of the bathhouse. <laughs> How about that? Despite their bickering. They're a super bad boop shy of saying those three magical words. How dare you? <laughs> While not canon, actors Aaron Berg and Crook believe Pentel and Rigetti, or I should say, they believe Pentel is Rigetti's uncle, because you brought that to our show before. Yeah. Even if you choose to believe them, that's yet another example of another like family love subplot in the series. Yeah. Number two, it's kind of a father-daughter thing. Because this whole thing turns full circle in Dead Men Tell No Tales when it's revealed that Hector Barbosa is spoilers if you haven't seen it. And if you're listening to this show, why the hell haven't you seen Dead Men Tell No Tales? for over a year. Is the long lost father of Karina Smith. And his lax old Hector might have been on child support payments. He redeems himself by saving Karina from the bloodthirsty Armando Salazar. You've got to hand it to Barbosa though. Even if he died twice in the series, (laughs) he sure knows how to have a memorable death. Each yeah. and every time. So there you this go. This one was very touching. was touching. It's a very touching death. Exactly. He got to meet his daughter again. You got and to then see die. her and then die. Uh, nice if to meet you. If he died. That's true. We do not know for a fact that he died. That's true. We don't. Barbosa has obviously a precedent of maybe, coming back. Maybe he is the new farrier of souls. That's possible. Davey Barbosa. Number one on my list. <laughs> Barbosa. Elizabeth's father, Governor Swan, loves his daughter so much, he quite literally sacrifices everything for her. Yeah. So that's why it's on the top of my list. We've seen that. He's stripped of his place in society, humbled to the role of errand boy, then murdered, but still manages to say goodbye to his daughter and offer essential plot information. How dare you? That's Mr. Gibbs' job. (laughs) Father of the year for sure, though. That is Governor Swan. Kind of. Kind of a transformation. But he does step up. He does step up in this movie. Wait, wait, he's actually stepped up the whole thing. 
even though he wanted his daughter to marry Norrington, he still stood by her decisions and was a very supportive father. And to his he did daughter. go after her. Yes. When he's not the most bravest of souls. Right. So there you go. That was my number one. Elizabeth and the governor. The best family love there. Yes, I agree. The family love story that tops it. I agree. Well, we can't really end a discussion of Pirates of the Caribbean love without rounding it out with who? Jack? Maybe Captain Jack Sparrow? Captain Jack Sparrow? And you might have known him. of the sea. That's exactly right. Because the author of the piece that sparked this show says it's less about his love of freedom and more about finding that delicate balance between loving himself and loving others. Mm, yeah. That's probably about right, though. Because I see Jack as like this evolving character, though. The selfish guy who ultimately finds his heart has grown two sizes larger. Maybe 0.5 sizes larger, actually. He, yeah, he wants to be all about him. But in the end, he's always helpful to others. Yeah, Even exactly. Even though he, he tries to play the selfish part, but it never works out for him in the end. Yeah, because he is always out for himself. The crew help him make it. They help all this stuff happen. He promises them riches. His plans fail. Everyone loses out. But he's never able to get that treasure. That's what happens. Yeah. But the symbol lover in me sees that more of a kind of an irony thing. Or maybe a character development or a progression or however we want to say it. Because he strives for the treasure and it always eludes him, right? Yes. Or does it? And that's the question. Because that's the beauty of the writing. Because maybe he does get a bit of treasure in that it's friendship. Not like mm -hmm. traditional silver and gold, mate. Yeah, like people like Gibbs are always right there. Yeah, because he even says that to Will in Curse of the Black Pearl. Not all treasure is silver and gold. And that's the key to who he is. He recognizes it for others, but has trouble grasping that concept for himself. Yeah. He doesn't see it in himself. He sees it in others, but he yeah. doesn't see it in himself. Because when the S hits the fan, like you said, Jack always ends up helping. Not gangbuster yep. style, not like overtly, not oh, no. over the top. But he does give in. Because he, he never just throws up his hands, but kind of winds up on a voyage of self-discovery. And then he kind of cares about other people he makes it right yeah or tries to yeah maybe that's for his conscience. i don't know because even with the davy jones thing that we're seeing right now with will getting kind of press ganged he does try to step up for will once it's like oh jesus this guy's stuck on the flying dutchman yeah i mean he doesn't give it the a big college try but he gives it a you know grade school try uh, jack sparrow try yeah which is it's a big step for him one small step for a man, but a giant leap for Jack Sparrow. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, Jack has pretty much sacrificed everything he wanted for other people. Yeah. That's what happens. It's like, damn it, Jack. You're supposed to be a pirate. It says it right there in the theme song, man. It's in the <laughs> title of your song. Dang it, man. Adventure, the black moons will sail. Years into the future, pirates will prevail. Finally, we've conquered death. All our worries gone Every night our souls will rest Till the break of dawn And the ship sails on Back into beyond Over again When I sing the song Just my home Until the end Centuries across the sea Is not enough for me All I want is to be free And hail Captain Blood On and on eternally With life of piracy but maybe a pirate still needs friends. That's right. 
pirate might need friends. So do you have anything else then? Nope. Neither do I. So all I'm going to have to say is thanks for listening, Scallywag. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. Helps us out. We greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Yeah, like I said earlier, give us a call for God's sakes on the 8637-PIRATE. It's the pirate hotline. You just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlshow.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. You can find us. If you're interested in Best of Clips, yeah, we do SoundCloud sometimes. All the links are on blackpearlshow.com. It's that freaking easy. How many times do I have to say it? I have no clue. Okay, it's that freaking easy. Times. Oh, you're really precise. But we'll be back next Wednesday with the latest episode of the Black Pearl Show. We'll be tackling a couple of minutes in Dead Man's Chest. No more love. Uh, maybe Damn a little. it! Tragic love. Tragic love. So watch the minutes. Do your homework. I mean, come on. Be prepared, for God's sakes. Is that Ma- for me? Well, <laughs> the fact that you had to ask that question tells me I need to now tell you. I was actually reminding the audience to watch minute 100 and 101 so they're prepared for the show. But obviously, you need to do that as well so you even know what the hell's going on. Jeez. Then we can all analyze, scrutinize, and plunder together. Be nice. Join in. Yeah, Heather, join in. And then tell us what you think. And until then, Scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. You got a week. That's it. Keep it to a minimum, folks. <sighs> like I gotta just be everybody's father out there. Tell them not the horn swoggle. And get off my lawn! <laughs> Literally. That, get, yeah, that, that is, is pretty much me. How yeah. dare you? There's not enough for me. All I want is to be free and hail Captain Blood. On and on eternally, what life will piracy? Hail and curse of Gilmanky and hail Captain Blood. Hail Captain Blood. Hail Captain Blood. You've been listening to the Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, Scallywags. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge-rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music, that's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout-out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest... Well, that's just me. Oh, maybe Heather. Yo ho ho, and a bottle of rum. Yo! This is a Shout Reach Media Production.